and Jules. This is the Nick and Jules podcast. Special guest on the podcast today, Jules. <gasps> wow, aren't you lucky? No, it's Matt. Producer Matt, hello. Hi. Now, aren't you both lucky? Mm, yeah, we are good. indeed. Thought we'd mix it up and have someone in here. Usually you're sort of sitting behind. People don't know this, I suppose, with how the show generally works. Well, maybe they do. I don't know. But you're sort of you're in this you're in the room with us. You sort of sit quietly in the corner. We just don't give you a microphone most of the time. For the best. Uh, <laughs> sometimes my uh, <laughs> my thoughts and reactions to things probably aren't uh, on air quality. Radio safe. Yeah, for surezies. Mm. Um, Is it hard to sort of hold back and not be vocal? Do you have thoughts on what we say? Yeah. Oh, on the regular. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, if I do need to, I will yell it out. Right. So if you hear someone screaming in the background, that's just me. But okay, you well, train yourself out of some of them. I, I have some stuff to talk to Jules about up front, just some business to address from yesterday. Some business. Okay. Which you can, you know, if you, you have, can have input. Can you can have input. Right. But then afterwards, I'd love to get your thoughts on parts of the show. We'll, we'll get your, we'll get your re- initial reactions. Right, right. Right? A review. Uh, if you missed yesterday's podcast intro, I was telling Jules about the Zodiac, the serial killer from the United States of America, one of the most prolific, famous, unsolved uh, cases of all time. I've never heard of the Zodiac. And why does it have such a fun name? Like star signs. Uh, He nicknamed himself. Oh, can you do that? Well... He's been, it's been remarkable. Apparently, uh, is regularly or was at some certain times in contact with newspapers, like sending clues out. Like he's <laughs> almost like trying to get caught. Me. Would you they, like a brief synopsis? Because I know quite a lot about the Zodiac. Yeah, I know zero. So, yeah, hit me. What uh, have you got? Zodiac killer. It's a pseudonym of an unidentified serial killer who operated in Northern California in the late '60s. Northern California. He's uh, did a lot of killing around San Francisco. Mm. In fact. Talk about how he used to be in communication with cops in the newspapers. I've been, uh, I'd spent time at the uh, the newspaper, the news station there, where he used to send his his letters to. Oh, yeah. I stayed in the hotel opposite it, and it was just a really for funsies. It was just a, well, inadvertently. I didn't realize. Oh. I looked across and I went, "That sounds the Chronicle, the Chronicle." Oh, and then I was That's like, "Why I know it?" They were heavily involved in one of the most disturbing things I've ever heard of. Mm. Great. How did you sleep at that hotel? It was fine. Yeah, okay. Pretty tired, jet lag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> busy writing letters about Zodiacs. Um, up front, just to make it not too disturbing, it's not like he did anything overly depraved. He just, I think he shot a bunch of people. Maybe it was a bad. stabbing. Not great. Yeah. But as far as, you know. <laughs> oh, right As far as, you know, he could have been more graphic. <laughs> he's not, he Hannibal, I'm saying, he's not Hannibal Lecter with, with them, you know? Okay. He killed some people and then he would send, like, yeah. Effectively, almost crosswords, little cryptic clues to the newspaper being like, here's my identity, try and solve it. Hmm. Yours sincerely, the Zodiac. So it gets kicks out of that, right? Yeah. Um, and then just did that over the period of a couple of years. Yeah. They thought they, they had around, there's like three or four leading people they thought it might have been, but there's never any perfect proof. And since then, all those suspects have died. They never caught Zodiac. Okay. Could it have been someone that wasn't one of the suspects? Possibly. I mean, I don't know how good of a serial killer he was. Matt, you look disturbed. Oh, I just immediately assumed it was either the editor of the paper or maybe like a police person. And they were like oh. trying to hide the leads and stuff. Oh, you've watched some true crime. <laughs> yeah, I've got a sick mind too. <laughs> yeah, Matt, <so> that helps. <laughs> I'm actually, uh, yeah, no, I'm quite depraved. <laughs> uh, Matt, have you seen the movie? Um, the Zodiac. No, which uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Robert Downey Jr. Europe, Europe, Europe. Great, great movie, Jules. That's a movie on it. Really good Some movie. Good actors sums it up. It's very, very good movie. Uh, he had five confirmed kills, two injured, and possibly another twenty-eight. He, he, the Zodiac claimed he got thirty-seven people. Hmm. This is uh, high not, numbers. I understand this isn't particularly uh, happy chat. I just think no. it's interesting. 
Right. Well, so, yeah, certainly true crime podcasts, uh, very mm. much flavorful. So maybe we'll get some of that action. That's true. We really are cashing in on a market we haven't otherwise. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to start this podcast? I could talk about true crime. No, this specific case. Ah. Oh, Zodiac, I think Zodiac's been done to death. Yeah, right. One okay. or two. Excuse I mean, if Jake Gyllenhaal's in a movie about it, it's probably mm. it's been, it's been spoken through. But also, then you can have the Nick version. Yeah. It, well, it has, it's been, it happened in... Uh, at least reported, like the confirmed cases happened in 1968 and 69. So quite a while in the past, Mm. 50-ish years. Before you even thought about. Yes. Before I was even a twinkle in my father's eye. Yuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Second only, of course, to Jack the Ripper. Um, Mm -hmm. But we, if we want to talk, can we talk about true crime some more? Talk about true crime that happened on the show today. True crime. Oh, yep. I know what you're talking about. Absolute criminal um, uh, uh, a criminal mastermind, might I say. Okay. Uh, Piss Boy was back at it again. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the teacher being the criminal, but sure. Uh, lots of stuff on the show today. So much crime. So, so much stuff that's happened. Well, I'm talking about how Piss Boy, back at it again. If you missed it on yesterday's show, there's someone who's peeing on the toilet seats in the men's toilets. Producer Matt, you've seen this. I've seen many times the puddles of urine on the seat. I've made it my personal vendetta to catch this and apprehend this person and pre- at the very least prevent it. Apprehend. I'd love to. <laughs> I don't want to catch them yellow-handed, but I would like to at least. I would like. I'd love the opportunity mm-hmm. to know who it is. Certainly, mm-hmm. have them know that I know that it's them, and mm-hmm. then that way I can go. How about we uh, don't do that anymore? Well, now that we've got Ali Langdon's phone number for a current affair, maybe we oh, get yes. her. Yes, neighbors from hell, coworkers from <laughs> hell, the cubicle. Mm. Um, I've laid a passive-aggressive note. Mm-hmm. Um, More yeah. aggressive than passive, but you do you. Well, we did say we wanted your thoughts on every break we've done today, so that's, mm-hmm. that's what else there. Uh, teens getting barred from uh, fast food joints. Bar them from everything. They're so <laughs> annoying. That's Sometimes fair. scary. Maths chat. Oh my God, that lady had huge boobs. That's insane. <laughs> that's the summary. I don't know if we're going to encourage you to Google it, but it's, <laughs> it's quite a sight. I think uh, the majority of the population, at least those listening, would have seen it. Surely, in news feeds. Uh, longest commutes. Oh, stuff your that. No, no thanks. <laughs> I'm, I'm a bush kid. When it's 15 minutes drive, I'm like, oh, that's how, a bit much. How far are you from the station? How long are you taking to get here in the morning? Uh, 12 minutes is 12. the uh, I'm about 12 as well. Yeah. 12 on the upper end, I feel. <laughs> oh, mate. Mm. I, I've got to pack a lunch. It's a Guys, I'm 18, so it really takes it out of Thoughts me. and prayers. A couple yeah, of toilet thanks. stops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, the other crime that we were talking about, Jules, uh, high school coach getting fired for doing something in, not inappropriate. Well, inappropriate. Thankfully, as least inappropriate as some of the other stories have been. Yeah, but more cartoonishly inappropriate, not true crime inappropriate. I do like the term cartoonishly inappropriate. Yeah, it's what it was, I feel like. It's something that you would expect <laughs> to see on an episode of The Simpsons or something. It's Nick's Instagram bio. Um, just so we can hammer through, because we've got some, a lot of, still a lot on the agenda, Matt. Uh-huh. Uh, Facebook Marketplace scam thoughts. Oh, I hate scammers. Scammers be scamming. Mm-hmm. Uh, active oldies. Good on them. Yeah. Yep. Not far off yourself, is that the uh, angle there? To you. <laughs> Thoughts on mattress prices? Mate, exactly. Ridiculous. Insanity. Yes. How open can we be about our Tom Gleason interview? Because we haven't spoken to you since the show wrapped up. Can we tell you our thoughts on the Tom Gleason interview? Uh, what if Tom's listening? <laughs> He's busy, man. <laughs> um, I, I was so stoked that we got Tom Gleason on the show today. Oh, me too. Truly. Love him. I think he's so funny. I was really upset with how the interview went. He, oh, yeah, I feel like he might have just woke up. Uh, yeah. Maybe he wasn't quite uh, <laughs> running on 100%. We yet. were thinking, was there a delay in the phone line? It Is did he have somewhere a slight delay. else? Yeah. You might I mean, have the yeah. insight. From well, that. no, well, from my understanding, he was in the country. Um, <laughs> he wasn't quite Alessandro from Maths over in Puerto Rico. Oh, oh but, yeah, uh, a delight. Peer behind the screens a little bit. Mm. Yeah. And 
let people know listening how, I guess, the radio machine works a bit. Sure. Yeah, so we were given the time slot of 8.50. Our mm-hmm. show ends at 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. The song ended at exactly one second past 8.50. So time was ticking. So we were like, if he's not on time, we <laughs> have got to have something to talk about. Does he know to call at 8.50 or does he need to be ready at 8? Like, we didn't know what was communicated so with I, all the powers that be. Either way, Tom's going to get Stress. thrown through the ringer. Yep. For Taskmasters. Surely he was fine with that, right? Surely. You'd think he's a professional of 20 plus years in Mm. the uh, comedy industry and media and stuff. You'd be like, oh yeah, you can deal with it. Yes. Um, And then the other side of that is, I think how the delay works, and I don't know if this is for a fact, but I'm pretty sure this is how it works, is because we, Matt, you call channel 10? Well, no, but I, I, we, it was directed through an agency. Yeah, yeah so, so we got called by a person who then connected, patched us through. Yes, to, we to patch Tom. us through. Yeah. Mm, I've never known what that means. Patch, well, it's that. It's just that <laughs> we don't get his phone number because yeah. I will text him if I get it. So a fancy what? phone machine where you don't know their number and then another line comes yeah, through it's just, to connect yeah, us. It's the, the middleman. It's yes. like the person at the drive-thru taking your order at McDonald's. They're Were not they the one cooking your food. they the whole time to the interview hearing us chat? Do you Sometimes reckon? they can, yeah. Yeah. I've had um, agents hanging <laughs> on the phone and I've gone, oh, hello there. I didn't realize you were also listening. Oh, oh that was great. Oh, okay, what would good. you, uh, if you had Tom Gleason's number, what would you shoot him a message about? Just good luck for tonight. I know, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know it's pre-recorded. Trippers, you know, the classic, yeah. <laughs> I know that TV show you, yes. you pre-recorded months in advance. Very much so. <laughs> um, should we promote it now? Tell people what it's about? Or does, do we care? I think we care. I care. Oh, I think Taskmaster is a great it. show. So it's a whole a great... heap of Aussie comedians get together and they're given really interesting tasks where you got to kind of think outside the box. Mm. Some really funny comedians on it as well. Julia yeah. Morris, mm-hmm. uh, Luke McGregor, Jimmy Rees. And your little Tommy as... Cashman is his offsider. If you've watched yeah. the uh, UK version, there's uh, little Alex Horn. But, uh, Alex he's... Horn's very funny as yeah, well. Yeah, he oh, created the show. Such a good... Did he? Oh, that makes yeah. sense. He yeah. actually invented Taskmaster and yet he sits there as the little little dumb sidekick on the show. I have Goodness to Google mate. Alex Horn. He's on to talk about that. He's talking about Hard Quiz, which is also touring around his uh, regional Vic, which is exciting. Yeah. Good to have him. I just wish that we didn't have the delay. Yeah. Bless it's him. always hard, eh? But that's, that's radio, that's baby. That's showbiz. That's radio. This is the podcast. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. Bye. There's a criminal afoot. <laughs> Big claims. <laughs> Again, I, I mean, I didn't- Do you know who it is? Didn't study criminology, so I might be using that term incorrectly. A bit of office drama for you if you missed it on the show oh, yesterday. Right. In the men's toilets that this building shares, there's a few businesses up here, uh, here at the station. Somebody is disgustingly winging all over the toilet seat in an obnoxious manner that is not accidental. Yeah, this is not on. And I feel like this unfortunately happens in way too many bathrooms. Mm, it's disrespectful. It's disgraceful. It's the worst crime you could possibly commit. Wow. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll, be I'll cool. take that stance. Mm. Producer Matt, I've got you on mic uh, because you've witnessed this criminal firsthand. It's well, honestly not, surprising. Not firsthand, obviously. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> in a After cubicle. The fact, yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's it truly is the yeah the word obnoxious an obnoxious amount of urine on the toilet mm. seat. Uh, Impossible to I, accidentally. I there. sort of became a bit a bit of a Karen post show oh, yeah, okay. yesterday. <laughs> yeah. What would you do? Well, I have, I've I've left a note. You, I've, oh, I've, I've you're a, a note person. I've put up a passive aggressive sign in the, oh. in the men's bathroom. Because that's how you get things done. <laughs> um, because I just, I really want to send a message. Well, it's been going on for so long and mm-hmm. people clean up and, it, you know, it doesn't send the right message. So I've left a note. I'll read it to you. Uh, it wasn't just a note. This is a note surrounded in pictures of Ooh. the evidence. Oh, yeah. I documented this <laughs> bloke Yeah. I've got crime scene evidence that I've stuck up there. Um, my note reads, and I'll put this up on... Um, our Facebook page and our Instagram page, uh, Nick and Jules. 
Uh, Dear Piss Boy, your days of disgracing this toilet are numbered. I'm closer to identifying you and I will publicly out you unless this behavior is corrected. Sincerely, the one who wipes. Wow. Yep. Um, Real vigilante justice. Definitely aggressive. Yeah, okay. I feel like the passive is uh, is quiet. How long did this take you to do? Because you've gathered evidence. Well, the and gathering of evidence. I've been gathering the evidence for well since we started this year, so three or four weeks. Three or four weeks of. <laughs> there's been a lot of whenever I'm showing people pictures on my phone, mm. like don't scroll too far left because oh, <laughs> so you, you get to see some weird stuff. This has been festering for a while now. You've put together a sign. Mm. What well, comes next? What comes next? Well, we have to see whether or not it's. Take an effect, don't we? Typically, this person strikes between 9 and 10 a.m., so we'll find out post-show. So you're hoping that they'll see the sign, they'll stop well, you'd, committing the crime? You'd think so. Maybe. Do you th- I mean, Matt, do you think it's just a bit of them not being conscious of it? Why Why is this behaviour happening? Oh, I truly wish, like, honestly, if we can get Dr. Phil out of retirement to have a chat about oh. why he's doing this, because it's <laughs> such a blatant amount of urine that you physically couldn't not hmm. see. Is it possible that if he doesn't know how to wipe, he doesn't know how to read? Well, there's only adults that work in this building. <laughs> I, would, I would really hope we all know how to read. Is the sign fine? Like, it's fine to put a passive-aggressive note somewhere? Oh, again, there's no passive to your note. But is you it fine to leave a note? <laughs> I didn't threaten to kill him. I said I corrected it. I, if, I, if, this, if the seat is dry, if the seat ends up being dry still... Yep. It's fine though, isn't it? Like I've achieved the outcome that we all wanted. Yes, yes. I've heard. I've loosely heard the term "hero" thrown around. The wow, <laughs> from who? Uh, that source <laughs> shall remain anonymous. <laughs> Jules, a high school teacher in the states, has been fired oh. for doing something naughty. No, not that. Okay, something that was a little more cartoonish. Cartoonish. Yes, a high school uh, gym teacher, the assistant coach from Churchland High School in Portsmouth, Virginia. Mm was faced with the dilemma of fielding a basketball team that the high school has, uh, that her um, her girls were about to suit up and play a game of basketball. Fine, yeah. Down a player. Missing oh, a player. You need at least no. five on the court. Oh, Only had four. This sounds like something I've watched. Now, this teacher, she was 22 years old, the teacher, Alicia Boykins, she did what any sane, rational adult would do, and she dressed up as a 13-year-old <laughs> high school student <laughs> And subbed herself onto the court and played that basketball game. Yes, she did. <laughs> yes, she did. Did Jules. she look like she could be a thirteen-year-old at twenty-two? Uh, I'm looking at some pictures. She she's like she is on the taller side for yep. a thirteen-year-old. Mm-hmm. She got a good. She got. You'd have a solid build for basketball. She could have hit puberty quickly, but nothing insane. Right. Like I look at her and I go, yeah, I kind of get it. Mm. Like I've no, I've got friends who are teachers and they have. Then they're short. You know, if you're a short, it happens. Uh, and she, you know, by all accounts. Had a pretty good game by the sounds of things. Well, good for her. <laughs> and good for her for saving the day. Yeah. Well, and oh, subsequently, unfortunately, uh, she has been fired because you're not supposed to substitute yourself onto a game of high school basketball and absolutely destroy these other 13-year-olds. So were the, the people they Snow were versing... <laughs> Jeez, Nick. Maybe. How I, you feel. I don't know. <laughs> was the other team, were they from the same school or was this, you know, a bit of competition outside? Outside of school. Outside okay. of school. It was an uh, intra-school, intra-school, intramural, I don't know. They versed other schools. Like oh. another. So it was an angry email sent to this school, I imagine. Well, I don't know how they got caught because to me that says, that screams that one of the kids on her team must have snitched. 
Mm. <laughs> right? Our teacher's playing with us. She's so good. Yeah, that's your impression of what a 13-year-old sounds yeah, like. I'm so sorry for all the teenagers. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hopefully the 13-year-olds that we have listening are you know, getting ready for school themselves right now. I think it's so good. This is like something you would see in, you know, a teen drama or a comedy. It's Absolutely. Like a, very cartoonish. Takes me back to like One Tree Hill days. The only reason that you, like, obviously it's wrong for a couple of reasons, I imagine. Like basketball can get physical. You don't want to throw an elbow at a kid. Yes. Rarely ever do you want to throw an elbow at a kid, especially if you're one of the teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that could be more embarrassing than I think getting caught out for doing this is if you had substituted yourself on, done the illegal, immoral, bad thing. Yes. And just like had a bad game. Oh, imagine, no. imagine how horrible of them. <laughs> imagine being beaten by a bunch of 13-year-olds. Hopefully moments away from being joined by Tom Gleason, of course. We've been saying all morning we're going to be joined by him. Australian funny man, the new host of Taskmaster. Oh, yes. Known from Hard Quiz as well. Of course. Uh, Look, Tom, he joins us now, Tom Gleason. Between uh, Taskmasters tonight, which premieres on Channel 10 at 7.30 and Hard Quiz Season 8 back next week, you must have been pretty uh, gutted to not get a run at a current affair this week as well, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, I would have liked to get on a current affair. That's a good point. I, I did. I did get asked to host it, but I was worried I had too much credibility to do the job. Well, yeah. you could always do Married at First Sight, expert. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. They're constantly reporting on the, the very important current affair issues of Married at First Sight. I mean, maybe I should go in Married at First Sight. That'd be good. I could actually just be in there as one of the consultants, and I could tell all the couples all the reasons they should split up and just tell them that they should leave the show. You have probably the same credentials as the experts. Look, Tom, we're very excited to see Taskmasters hitting Australian screens. People who might be aware of it, it's been over in the UK for a little while. We are excited to see it with a host of Aussie great comedians. We've got Julia Morris, Luke McGregor, and Jimmy Rees, to name a few. Mate, you're the host of the new show. We hear you reckon you've got something on the UK host, though. You're more taskmastery than him. Yeah, well, I, I was joking in the press because essentially I was saying that if I actually got to do the tasks, I think I would have beaten mm. all the contestants. And um, But that's not saying much because once you see all these comedians attempt these tasks, you'll probably be sitting at home thinking the same thing. So, yeah, I reckon I probably could have beaten all them. Is there anyone that surprised you, done. Tom? Anyone in the lineup? Oh, yeah, they, um, yeah, I get surprised constantly, like, one of the joys of the show is some people, could you, they're there every week, so you get to know them. Mm. And you start to think, oh, you know what? This is the kind of task that Luke McGregor is going to absolutely nail. And then he, and it goes completely tits up and you can't predict it. And then other ones, you think, oh, they, they've got no, Julia Myers has got no chance of this. She's got a short attention span. She's not paying attention. And then she wins. So you just can never quite pick which way it's going to go. Tom, we're talking about how, it's obviously been very popular in the UK. Australian audiences probably not familiar with the show. Just to sort of spell it out for people, we're talking about doing tasks. But what is the concept of the show that we're going to see you on the screens for tonight? Well, the tasks they're doing there, they need lateral thinking. There's often yeah. problem solving involved. Like a, a simple one from tonight is uh, you've, there's a big pile of oranges and it's whoever produces the most orange juice volume wise and it's measured. And... Uh, but you're not allowed to use your hands. You've got to only use the objects that are on the table. So, and, you know, and some people excel at that and other people, to be honest, some people don't even notice all the rules and uh, just completely ignore parts of it and think they're doing a great job. You're sneaky coming up with these tasks for them. Well, we cannot wait to check this out. Premiering tonight, 7.30 on 10. Also, Hard Quiz Season 8 back oh, next week, yes. uh, Tom. You're also doing tours, taking it around Victoria. We're seeing you in Bendigo and Mildura 
in April and May. We're keen to get back on for Hard Quiz. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. Hard Quiz are live, still touring. I think we're in Geelong as well. And um, we're putting on extra shows in most of those towns. So I think there are tickets still available, I think, for the extra shows. Geelong said put on an extra show. And then they said, but you probably won't sell out the next one. I was like, okay. Let's just put it on anyway. It's a ni- nice <laughs> bit of confidence they have in you. Tom, thank you very much for joining us this morning, mate. We are excited to see Taskmaster premiering tonight, 7.30. That's on Channel 10, Season 8 of Hard Quiz. That kicks off next Wednesday at 8.30 on the ABC. And, of course, backup host for A Current Fair and Maths. Tom, <laughs> thanks for your time this morning, mate. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot. I'm about to move out into a new sort of housemate situation. Been talking about that on the show recently. Mm-hmm. Finally have a place, have a move-in date. Great. Got to get the bed in the bed frame, though. Only thing I need to bring. Other than my own stuff, of course. What you need to get them. Yeah, well, I don't have them, do I? Like, I'm currently, the bed that I'm sleeping at the moment belongs to the person whose house I'm currently staying at. Right. Yeah, important things you need to get for a house. Uh, Went to do the boring thing yesterday. I understand this is a, generally speaking, this is a boring chat. (laughs) But you've got to hear me out on this one, because I was shocked at this experience. I went into a, I don't know if I should name the store, probably shouldn't. One of the chains. One of the chain places where you can get mattresses and stuff from. Gotcha. Went in. I'm like, I don't really know what I'm looking for in a mattress because it's just, a pl- it's a place to sleep. It's a lot of musical chairs of jumping from bed to bed. Very much. It's a uh, very Goldilocks and three bears. <laughs> yes. This one's too hot. This one's too cold, too soft, too hard. That sort of stuff. Of course. Uh, go in there, start sitting down in some mattresses. Lady comes up. Oh, do you need a hand? I go, yeah, I kind of want a firmer mattress because I have a bit of a sus back sometimes. Yep. I guess something harder would be nice. She starts showing me these mattresses. And I find one that I go, oh, this one's pretty nice. Mm, this quite... is the Goldilocks. Yeah, this is uh, this is the sweet spot. This is the, the baby bear. Yeah. Baby bear mattress. And I thought, oh, this is the one. Oh, maybe I'll do that. Get off the bed. She's like, oh, it's actually on sale. We're having sales at the well oh, at the moment. how like, convenient. Right, of course we're having a sale. Always having a sale. It's like EB Games. <laughs> yes. Um, it's like, oh, any, pri- any price for the price of a single something or other. Even on sale, this mattress is six and a half thousand dollars. Are you kidding me? I can't swear on radio, but I want to. It should be illegal for mattresses to cost that much. How does this mattress justifiably cost more than my car? It makes no sense. And then you've got to do the. It was so awkward, Jules. Oh my god. What so? Like you didn't want to buy it? Well, obviously I'm not going to spend that much money on. You know, we have we earn the same amount of money. You know that I can't afford that. So I. Had to do the awkward thing where I'm like, oh, oh, on sale, and it's only six and a half thousand dollars. Can you show me some floor stock ones, please? It's like I immediately, I then glance around at all the prices of all these other places. Yeah, yeah. All the other mattresses. I'm like, maybe there is one more my price tag. No, nope. it's about the the bottom, the minimum price at this place. And maybe it's on me for shopping somewhere I shouldn't have been. Right. The minimum price was about like four thousand dollars. Oh, who's spending that on a mattress? No, no. Nah. So I did the so sheepish. Much of the paycheck. I had to do the sheepish thing of like, oh, I should, I should bring my partner. Yes, no, I don't have a inventor partner. partner. I'm a single man. I can't I make like, this decision. She doesn't know. I'm Blame like, the yeah, other. Oh, I've got to, you know, see what they reckon. See what they reckon about the bed. Had to really, and then for spending the next five minutes pretending like I'm actually going to buy one of these mattresses when in reality I'm just going to I'm just going to sleep on the carpet now. There are scams left, right, and centre at the moment. Scam calls, scam text messages, and the latest one that has been floating around is Facebook Marketplace scams. Mm. Have you seen these? I haven't used Facebook Marketplace for a little while. I haven't had to sell that much mm-hmm. stuff. What's going on now? Well, I am trying to sell uh, my couch at the moment. And, okay. you know, share house, moving things around, oh, you don't need furniture an in and couch. out. Yeah. I need to get rid of it. I've already got a couch. So I, um, <laughs> I've put it up, I put a listing up and I've just been getting inundated with these messages that turns out I'm not alone. They're from these people that 
seem to be like international sort of profiles that don't seem like they're from my area. So, you know, if they're not from Vic. Is what from what saying. I gauge, clicking through their profile, they don't seem like they're a, a long, long-term long set-up profile. They're recently added. Uh, they're writing in a language that I don't understand. Sure. And they often uh, start with grammatically incorrect sentences to me, um, and they involve some random relative. Like, my nephew will come pick it up today, even though I said the couch isn't available till Saturday. Like, they're mm-hmm. not reading the message properly. And then they go through and they say uh, that they want to have uh, pay ID used as a form of communication, even oh, if yeah. I've said cash only on pickup. What's what's pay ID? Is that hmm. effectively just like bank transfer type stuff, but a specific app? Yeah, it's it's similar. It's when you have like a, a piece of information, like your mobile number or email. It's another mm. thing that's linked to your bank account to receive payments. So what these scammers often do is if you fall down the trap of saying, all right, sure, insert person here, I will... Uh, set up this pay ID just for you in this one transaction that you then have to uh, give them your email address. They might send an email to say, yes, please send through the funds. Then Mm. it doesn't work. Then it's reversed. Oh, Oh, no, they've got your money. No, actually, because my housemate, she's selling stuff. She's moving out as well. And she's selling much stuff. She's being hit by people who are, she said, oh, all these people are from Bulgaria. Where are your people from? Italy. Oh, so we've got a very European contingency yes. who just really specifically want couches from Victoria. It's bizarre. Like, I don't I, I don't want to say if there's, you know, people of Italian heritage that are interested in my couch, I'm going to cancel them out. But obviously it seems like a bizarre sort of, they don't seem like real people, right? And they want to rush the transaction through. They're yeah. like, we will pay now. I'm like, no, no, no. It's not available until this date. No, no, we pay today. I'm like, what are you talking about? And they're sending me paragraphs of messages mm. in a really quick amount of time. I'm like, how is it possible for you to type all of that out unless you're a fake person? Do you think fake people can type quicker than the average? Or like it's a computer program or something? I think they might have a copy paste. I, when my housemate was telling me about this, yeah. I didn't quite understand how the scam works. Mm. And that's probably how they get you. That's right. Do you're we- clueless, but you're willing to get that couch sold or whatever it is that your housemate's trying to sell. Did we trust, I don't know, I didn't trust them at being from Bulgaria. Italy seems more trust. I think just because Bulgaria yeah. is like vaguely Eastern European near Russia. And right. I feel like we don't, we don't trust Russia at the moment. No, we don't. Nick, I am wondering if food chain hates teens. I would be surprised to learn if a, any fast food chain hated teens because mm. those are the kids that on the way home from school, they yes. have spare change. They have money to splash. I hit up my KFC on the way home from Salesian College, Rupertswood, my high school, every day. Beautiful. Um, back in the days of 50-cent cones, now they're obviously like a dollar or something like that. Yep. Surely it is the backbone of them getting through, getting all the teens on board in these food chains. But one Hungry Jack store over in WA has put up a controversial sign outside their store. It reads, Attention! Mm-hmm. Due to recent incidents, any guests under 17 will not be served without guardian supervision. Regards, the store. Bold. Under 17. So they've gone on to say that, well, the store manager said that his staff have allegedly been harassed by a whole bunch of people and they're throwing around the word eshes. Oh, yeah. Well, that's fair, isn't it? Yeah. It's um, <laughs> plenty of teenagers. I mean, there's yeah. a group of people, and are you probably familiar with the sort of people that maybe behave in a certain way that might cause and stir up trouble, You're right? Being but very is... polite to dance around. The do- there's a type of people who behave in a certain mm-hmm. way. They're teenage dickheads, Jules. That's, that's... <laughs> to put it nicely, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's a weird concept to blanket rule it uh, down to that. 
everyone under 17. Mm. So what, do you have to rock up to Hungry well, Jack's with I, ID to w- order a Whopper? I imagine it's a lot like a club now, Jules. Yes. So you've got to have some, you've got to have a bouncer out the front, which is also, yes. just judging by the amount the people they hire at most Hungry Jack's is also going to be a 17-year-old. Yes. So are they just not allowed to work there anymore as well? Well, I suppose, what's, what's the working age? It's like 15, isn't it? Is it 14 and nine months? I hope it still is. They, well, they've effectively barred half of the, their cheapest workers now <laughs> are not going to be able to have a job. Oh, what a problem. But, you know, we're not saying that everyone under 17 is a problem. So they have since reversed it and mm. they have said, let's take the sign down. But um, if you want to check that out, we will pop it up on the Nick and Jewel socials. Yeah, we're not, we're not saying that everybody under 17 is a problem. No. A lot of them are, though. <laughs> <laughs> you said that, not I me. think of myself as a 16-year-old. I, I get it. We have had a week of um, weddings on Married at First Sight for season 2023. Certainly have. <laughs> you uh, haven't watched any of the episodes, have you? Oh, no, I don't feel like I need to. I feel like, I mm-hmm. feel like my news feed, it comes Facebook, for Instagram, you. Just, I see so much stuff. I feel like I've tangentially seen everything about Married at First Sight. You couldn't tell me something new that's happened that I... Wouldn't have guessed. They recycle a lot of the concepts year to year, and mm. we've already got that so far. So we've got a cute blonde couple that seems like they're real wholesome. They're going to get together. Uh, you've got the yeah. cheating scandal already, which right. is fine. You know, like, come up with something new, guys. But we have, remember the guy in the pink suit, Jesse, who had all the icks and the issues with women? Oh, yeah. We spoke about him a few weeks ago. <sighs> yeah. So picky boy, picky boy. Picky boy, but he got the most delightful human being presented in front of him. He was like, oh my God, the most beautiful human has walked on earth and she's walking down the aisle for me. And we thought, Jesse, finally, you are going to have a wonderful time here. He's actually a marriage celebrant himself. (laughs) So he knows what it takes. He knows what it takes. He's been standing on the sidelines watching other happy people come together and he's never had that happiness himself. I did shed a tear when I watched his wedding. Did but you actually? I actually did. Jules. And then Jesus. five minutes later, he hated the girl that he was with because she was into star signs and crystals. Well, of course. You told the producers that's what you don't like. Mm, and they delivered that up on a silver platter. But anyway, that was all fun. It was all good. But the juiciest story that has come out of all the weddings that mm. everyone has been talking about is this wholesome story about this Indian woman, Sandy, who marries a single dad, Dan. I'm just going to say Sandy and Danny because Greece reference. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. It all seemed wonderful on screen, and what's going on on telly is beautiful, but what's happening behind the scenes, on the tabloids, on Daily Mail, mm. is that one of the guests at this oh, wedding- can I- Yeah. I don't want to- I don't want to like steal your thunder. Is this, is this the orange dress girl? This is boob girl. And I boob wanted, girl I was, was I was trying to be nice about it. I was calling her orange dress girl. <laughs> <laughs> when she walked on the screen, and apparently she is a, a guest of Dan, so on that side when they have both parties present. Yeah. Um, she walked in, you know, the, the camera's on it sideways and it was just, just, just a lot of shelf going on. Just a, a lot. Yep. They had was... to get the IMAX cameras in <laughs> to get everything. Yep. And there was nothing left to the imagination. One of the guests had, I mean, I don't know why we're <laughs> dancing around it. One of the guests had pretty big boobs. Exactly right. And to the point where there's now been a story that's come out that Dan has called it quits with Sandy, sure. their beautiful Indian bride. Sandy! Sandy! And now they are hooking up on the Gold Coast and getting all the pap shots. Well. <laughs> so <sighs> I just, like, I'm feeling for the mass producers because they're going to try and piece this all together and say that there's still hope for it. Bit of damage control. Dan, what are you doing? Why I'm are you hanging run. out in the most public of spaces? 
letting this woman sit on your lap and basically grope her. I know, I know why Dan's doing it. <laughs> you question <laughs> Dan. I go, I look at Dan, I go, why didn't, I mean, I don't know why it didn't happen for him quicker. Mm. Bless him. Bless him for me how to make that happen. It's such a bold move to be able to like go from your wife to one of the wedding guests. But if you were interested in her, you had her as a wedding guest. I don't think you can say it at the <laughs> wedding though. You can't turn around and go, oh, actually, I would have preferred you. Does but... anyone have any objections? Yes. Yeah. Well, you're one of the people the getting married. You're not supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ed Sheeran, he's coming back down under very shortly. Oh, I can't wait for that. Everyone's touring. He's an active performer. He is. We don't want to talk about active performers. There's plenty of those. We want to talk about active oldies right now. They're impressive humans. Touched on it on the show yesterday. Mm. Aussie man. His name's David Mudge. Set the Guinness World Record. He's now the world's oldest competitive soccer player at the age of 79 <laughs> after he clocked up a game playing for Kissing Point Football Club. Wow. And he's just hit 80 too. Like, so he's still going. And he played True. the full game, the yeah. 90 minutes. Got to be out there for every minute of the game in order to get the record. And good on him too. Like, can I can't even imagine. I said to you... My, I've like got a calf strain, so I don't think I'm going to soccer training tonight. And you're 27 years young. My God. <laughs> David Mudge, you are my hero, my friend. He's amazing. Uh, we want to hit the phones. 131060. Do you know an active oldie? Do you know someone who's a bit older, but is still going? Yes. Hasn't slowed down, hasn't stopped. Let's hit the phones right now. Jacinta from the border. Do you know an active oldie? I sure do. My mother-in-law, Edith. Oh, oh, fantastic. How old is she? 86. Okay. Uh-huh. Not bad. What's she getting up to? And she still plays competition tennis twice a week. Competition. And still bringing home the, the trophies. <laughs> She's amazing. She donates. She delivers meals to be to for Meals on Wheels. Wow. She donates blood. She volunteers at the local regional cancer centre, and she manages to fit in all her children. Her grandchildren, her great-grandchildren, she is one super busy lady. Jacinta, it sounds as though when people, you know, finish their working life, they move into retirement, they tend to wind down. Uh, was she was always busy like this previously or has she ramped it up she in retirement? Picked it up, oh my goodness. <laughs> I think, well, she's always played tennis. It's definitely been a passion of hers and she's been one of the longest-serving members of the Lamington Sports Tennis Club. So, Fantastic. yeah, she's um, just done amazing things, but, yeah. And how's she looking this, uh, with having come off the back of this recent tennis season? Uh, I think she ended up a runner-up this time. Oh. So, yeah, but... she'll Chip on her shoulder. Come next season, just <laughs> you watch. Yeah, watch out when she turns 87, Oh, my God. Jacinta, thank you so much for the call. Cheers, mate. And keep them coming as well. 13, 10, 60. We have got quite a lot of people who apparently know them on the phones. Uh, Going to uh, Gordon right now. Gordon, you know an active oldie? I do. My dad. (laughs) Okay. All right, give us his age, first of all. He's 94 this year. Wow. All right, so we're up there. What's he getting up to, Gordon? Um, well, he actually lives in the UK. We're from the UK originally. Okay. Um, but he was out here in Australia visiting his grandkids in October last year. Awesome. Yeah. So, international travel. And, oh, yeah, um, I didn't think about what, that. You forget about how taxing that is. It's exhausting. We complain about jet lag in our late 20s. 94, all right. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, during the year, he's uh, still a member of the bowls club. So, all summer, he's um, out bowling. Lawn bowling all, all uh, through the summer and through the out the year he does his ballroom dancing. Um, <laughs> and then getting, how, on, on a how, Sunday, 
So go on. I was going to say, on a Sunday he does the church group, so he's still <laughs> driving, so he goes out and picks up, as he says, picks up the old deers and takes them to church. Oh, he's an Uber driver too, great. Bless him. Yeah, also <laughs> very impressive to still have your licence come 94. So he, he's getting out and about most days of the week, it sounds like, Gordon. Oh, every day. He never has a day where he doesn't go out, even if it's raining. Does he have a personal assistant to keep up with all these activities? Or is he running about by himself? No, he's running about by himself, lives in, lives in his own flat. See, he's uh, like I forget what I've got on in the coming week, Gordon, and Gordon's got this whole. Well, Gordon's dad's got this oh, whole situation. Does happening. he have a walker? Does he have a cane? Is he still like is he unassisted at that point? No, nope, he uses no assistance aids whatsoever. Bloody hell, that's oh, amazing. Admittedly, his hearing's maybe not so good as it used to be. Well, you know, some, <laughs> something's got to fall off. You can't you can't have it a hundred percent once you get to ninety four. That's right. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. No, he's. Uh, he, he, He's brilliant, and I hope I've still got some of his genes. Yeah, we'll, so. we'll keep our fingers crossed for you. Gordon, thank you so much for the call, mate. No worries. Let's go to Mariah from Wodonga. Mariah, we hear that you've got a, uh, a fairly active grandma on your hands. Uh, she is, definitely. What's she up to? So she's 73, and she nationally competes in dragon boat racing. Dragon boat what? racing? That's, that, yeah. Any form of boat racing, that's quite an intense physical thing she's doing, right? It is. It is a very physical, physical sport. How long has she been doing it for? Uh, prob- I would say almost all her life. She's she's always been a very active um, grandma, but mm. um, she obviously since retiring and that she was able to do it more regularly. Um, she used to come down to Aubrey and do the Murray Marathon on a dragon boat in the river. Wow. And, and how does she go on the national level? Like, how often is she actually competing, do you know? Um, I think since since getting into her 70s, she slowed down a bit, not as often, and obviously with COVID. That's they probably fair. Yeah, a few hurdles. What do um, the uh, youngsters think of her? Oh, they they love her. She coaches um, a lot of the teams now herself as well, on top of that, <laughs> to make sure they're as good as her. Um, but yes, you know, she's also competed like internationally, like she's gone over to... Um, like Norway and stuff, and competed over there. <laughs> yeah, and the dragon what boats in Norway. Legend. That's so good. Yeah. Oh, Mariah, thank you so much for the call. We appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. We've got Diane here on thirteen ten sixty. Diane, do you know an active oldie? I most certainly do. Who is it? It's my mum. Oh, what's she up to? My mum um, is in so many committees. Um, volunteers at our local op shop here in Yamurka and um, she's just active all the time, goes to garden clubs, gar- open gardens, she's got a beautiful garden, she's got four children, eight grandchildren and seven great-grandchildren and another one on the way in April and she was just awarded the OAM on Thursday for her community oh. service. Oh, congratulations. Of Australia. Oh. Shout out to your mum. How old is she, Diane? Oh, well, I wouldn't like to say, but she's going to be 84 this year. Okay, so we won't say what she is now, but we'll say what she is at some point later this year. <laughs> yeah. Diane, your mum's an absolute legend. Let's wrap this up. Jared from Shepherd, and we hear that you've got a, a nana who's a bit of an adrenaline junkie. Is that right? Good morning, guys. Yes, it certainly is. My nana, Marion, she's 86. She's done uh, great right driving in, in a cage. Uh, she uh, <laughs> skydiving, skydiving last year. And she would also really, really love to go bungee jumping. But I think because of her age and her bad hips, they may not let her do it this year. Yeah, I was going to say, there's businesses, right, that they say, like, you have to sign a waiver or if you're a certain age, maybe you shouldn't do this. So what does she say to those people? Oh, look, <clears throat> to be totally honest, I don't know what she said, but she's very, very nice and sweet. And obviously they let her skydive and cage dive. So, you know, I'm sure if she puts on the charm, she might even be able to get a bungee jump into. 131060. 
Maybe you're doing the long commute in your Ferrari. We're asking for the longest commutes across Victoria after a bloke from Gisborne has a two-hour one. My God, this Year 12 student, remember, Year 12, really difficult, lots going on. He mm. really wants to crack into the AFL, so he is commuting from Gisborne all the way to Maribyrnong. It totals four hours every single day. Ridiculous. That's going. That's effectively regional to city. Might like as half your school day. That's um, also quite impressive from the Year 12 student because I went to uni and had to go to then figure out trains and trams and timetables and stuff. Mm. I, I couldn't do that even in uni. So if he's doing it in Year 12, that's <laughs> Good quite... Good for him. Very well done. Uh, 131060, though. Let's hit the phones. John from Mildura. Long commute. Hear it. Yeah, mate. Yeah, it sure is. John, tell us, mate, how long is the commute? Uh, for me, it's from my apprentice and it's about an hour every morning. He's got to go from Pomona which is the other side of Wentworth, into Mildura, where we wear tiles and we work every day in Mildura and sometimes on the other side of Mildura. Mm. So he's, yeah, he's got to get up pretty early, the poor bugger. Um, get up about 10 to 7, he gets up about 5.30, I reckon. Oh, look, that, I mean, that's part of being the apprentice. Obviously, he's a young bloke, so has he, has yeah, he got his own car? Can he get around himself or yeah, is he relying oh, yeah, on picks? He's a ripper, mate. He's a second-year apprentice. He's got a, he's got a trailer already. He's super organised. So. And he never complains? <laughs> Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, he doesn't complain. Oh, that, you've, you've got you've got a good apprentice, John. He just rocks up every day, and then his back yeah. is sore, and everything's not working because of the long commute, right? Yeah, I tried to get him to move from Georgia, but he's just one of them little sort of farm kids. He just loves it in his shed out there. Because Pomona's probably only got about five people and a dog who live there. It's pretty <laughs> yeah. small. Hey, bless it's him. tranquil. I appreciate the call, John. No worries. Thanks, guys. All right, let's see if we can try and beat one hour. Uh, Corinne from the border, how long's the commute? My commute is an hour and a half. Is that that each way? Each way, yeah. So three-hour round trip every day. is the job worth it? (laughs) It is. I love my job, yeah, but the commute, um, especially with the weather, wet weather that we've had and the roads being all um, potholed, it's been... um, quite excruciating so for a while. What time do you start work, Corinne? Like, what time are you having to get up? Um, I'm on my way to work now. Um, I get up at six o'clock. Okay, that's um, not as bad as I was I, expecting to hear. That's that's not awful, I suppose. Yeah, it's not awful. I have some flexibility and um, I don't get home till about six o'clock. Mm, do you, <laughs> does your workplace make any concessions for you so you can leave a bit earlier to beat the traffic? Um, there's not a lot of traffic on the country roads. That's, <laughs> That's probably fair. And quick one as well, Cream. Just before uh, we do let you go, there. Did you do you do the commute because you got the job after you've got a house somewhere, or do you like? Are you looking to move? I was hoping to move closer to my job, but um, not able to. So I've still kept um, doing the commute. And, uh, um, because I love the job so much. Fair <laughs> enough. No, fair. How's up? You're being killed by fuel at the moment, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I um, fill up twice a week. Oh. Um, so Murderous. it's about $200 no. um, a week. Oh, <laughs> and, there's the, and there's the paycheck. Go on, Corrine. Our thoughts go out to yeah, anyone who's doing the long commute this morning. Appreciate the call. Thank you. All right, let's wrap this up. One more call on 131060. We've got Di from Nathalia. Di, we hear that you are taking your daughter to dance classes uh, quite a way away. Sorry there, Di. So, (laughs) for the last three years, we've been travelling every Friday night um, from Nathalia to Melbourne. Okay. um, So she can do her studies and then come back. So three hours down to Melbourne and then three hours back home in the one afternoon. Six hours into the night. (laughs) What time do you get back on Friday night? 
Um, generally 11.30, 12 o'clock. Oh, my goodness. Um, I imagine in that time, like, maybe you've had time to pick up new hobbies or... What, yeah, what are you doing with that <laughs> yeah, time? Yeah. How are you killing the afternoon and evening? Yeah, well, in the beginning, I was lucky because I would just sit in the car and do my own study because I was studying earlier childhood. Oh, right. great. Um, and then I just took a time to catch up with friends on the phone, mm. emails, and chill, just have some me time. Really yeah. productive. What's the uh, what's the three hour drive like, Di? Is it a is it just mostly music the entire time? Is it you podcasting, oh. you just chatting? What is it? Because I got to imagine she's yeah. tired from school in the week, and you probably would be very similar. <laughs> yeah, she's she's pretty pretty um, active anyway, so definitely lots of music on the way down and back. <laughs> just and doing gives, some splits in the back seat. Yeah, and yeah. it gives her time to wind down on the way home to try and get to sleep when she gets home. So yeah. Oh. yeah. That is fair. Di, you're an absolute super mum. Appreciate the call. And uh, thank you to everyone who's uh, listening to the show on their long commute this morning. And on listener, of course. Of course. Where, hey, where, however you get us, we don't really care. That was the Nick and Jules podcast.